Good morning, everyone. This morning we find ourselves in Genesis chapter 11, in the story of the Tower of Babel. Before we get into actually looking at 11, let's go back and remember that when Noah got off the ark, he asked them to be fruitful and multiply and to to fill the earth. It was something that God wanted them to do, um, being more of a righteous man than the people that were around him. He wanted, indeed, for God's people to fill the earth and to, to multiply his image and likeness on the earth. So that was the command that God is sending out his people, the same command that he issued to Adam and Eve in the beginning. So let's recall that. Then the other thing that I'd like us to see is that in Genesis chapter 10, there's this guy named Nimrod. And in verse 9, it says, he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. It almost makes it sound like he was like the Lord's hunter, like almost like in a positive sense when you read the beginning of that verse. Therefore, it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. The beginning of his kingdom. Now, this interesting, you know, Nimrod's kingdom was Babel. So Nimrod was a leader, a mighty hunter, and people, because of his prowess, strength, um, perhaps charisma, looked to him as a leader, and he began his kingdom at Babel. What's interesting is that when you look at uh, Nimrod's name, it means rebel. So not only was he a leader and strong, but he was considered a rebel, and he goes to Babel to build a kingdom. Now, another interesting thing to note is that Babel, you know, you, you notice that first part of the word Babel, Bab, eventually ends up becoming Babylon, which Babylon in the scriptures is always someone opposed to Israel. Um, you know, God actually allows them to be used under King Nebuchadnezzar to overthrow Judah in the 500 BCs. Uh, but it was never a friend of Israel, this Babylon, which the origins of that are Babel. So, so far we've seen that God has a mission for them to be fruitful and multiply his image and likeness over the earth. That Nimrod, who was a strong leader, but was uh, someone who was a rebel, is founding this area called Babel, which is eventually is, is known to be evil and always against God's people. So verse 1 of chapter 11 now, with that backdrop, now the whole earth used the same language and the same words. Now, that's interesting. So in a sense, you could say God's people are united and they're able to collectively move forward. But unfortunately, they're at this point, it appears to be they're being led by Nimrod, who was a rebel. It came about as they journeyed east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. They said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they used brick for stone and they used tar for mortar. They said, come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into the heaven and let us make for ourselves a name. Otherwise we will be scattered 
<clears throat> scattered abroad over the face of the earth. Well, that was what they were supposed to do is to be scattered abroad and to, you know, again, we've talked about the mission of God and, and here they're starting to stay in one place and they're thinking about their pr- prowess, their name. And unfortunately, you know, if a, if a leader's name is made great, but the leader's no good, that's not good. So, because now you have prominence and popularity of someone who's not leading according to, to God's ways. So verse five, the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the sons of men had built. The Lord said, behold, they are one people, which typically if they were godly and doing God's mission, that probably wouldn't be a bad thing. But if you're being led incorrectly and you're united in being led incorrectly, that is bad. And they all have the same language. And this is what they began to do. And now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. That's interesting, isn't it? And now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. You know, God gave us great ability and there's great ability in unity to accomplish things. But that unity and ability that we have to do so much doesn't have to be used towards God's mission, doesn't have to be used towards good. It can be used towards evil. And I think what's important to see is, you know, we could talk about, well, what was going on in Babel that God so much wanted to thwart that he is going to confuse their language and divide up this unity that's going in the wrong direction. And I think we've gotten some precursors here. We've learned some things about Nimrod that are leading us to believe why God would want to break it up. But I think the important thing to know a lot of times when there's things we don't understand in the scriptures about God, you know, like one of them that's brought up often is like when the, when the Israel takes over the promised land and they they don't do a good job of taking out all the people and all the false gods of that land and and that those people and those gods that of you know capital or small g gods of the lands that Israel goes and takes over a lot of people they end up polluting Israel and a lot of people have struggle with you know God sending people sending his people in to say kill the people of the country because he didn't want their gods to pollute Israel. And we look at, oh man, God is harsh, or I can't believe God would do that. That's not the God that I know that would allow Israel to kill surrounding peoples. And a lot of times we struggle with that. And I think I think the problem is, is that we don't know what God knows. God knows the future and we don't. And he could see what was beginning to happen in Babel. And although we might not know the whole end of it, of what that would have looked like if it would have continued, God does. And God knows that if he wouldn't have thwarted what they were working on together, that it would thwart the mission to a much greater degree than what we even realize. And and therefore, sometimes when God does something that we don't understand, we have to understand that we're not God and we don't have the wisdom that he has. And there are reasons and good reasons. You can trust God that he knows what he's doing and and try not to outsmart them. You know, try not to outthink that we know or I know or my ways, I would have handled it differently. I think we're, we're getting our pride ahead of ourselves. We have to be humble for God and realize he knows what we do not and trust his judgment. 
So this is what he does as a result of this um, rebel leading the people of Babel and not being scattered abroad to multiply his image and likeness over the earth. He says, come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they will not understand one another's speech. He actually wants to break up their unity because their unity is leading them in the wrong direction. So the Lord scattered them abroad. See, do you see that was what God always wanted? He wanted them to be fruitful and multiply and scatter across the earth. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the whole earth, and they stopped building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the whole earth. You can see that God indeed wanted mankind to go out and fill the earth and be fruitful and multiply. A lot of times, you know, I've been talking about that. We're going to talk about that at our church real soon. And, and sometimes we may not need to see the significance of God's desire. God's desire was to fill the earth with his people and multiply his image and likeness. He has the right to call the shots, to have a purpose. And this was God's purpose. And when they were not fulfilling it, he thwarted what they were doing in order that they would begin to fulfill what he desired for them. Now, over the next section of Genesis chapter 11, we see the lifespans of Noah's family and how they begin to dissipate significantly and get closer to, you know, our lifespans. Not quite yet, but but they're headed in that direction. And essentially what we do is we get a generation, uh, a genealogy of Noah's family leading to a very important person in the Bible, and that person is Abram. And church, as we move forward in the book of Genesis, and I mentioned this to a Bible study we were at last night, as we get into chapters 12, 13, 14, 15, all the way through Genesis 18, we have the foundation of God's family and the mission of God continued to shine forth and be strengthened. And understanding God's family through Abraham is critical to understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ and how we've been welcomed into that family. So please stick with us as we move through chapters 12 and onward uh, about the rich history of God's family through Abraham. And I'll see you next time.